You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. On today's late release of the College Loop Podcast, we've got a question. Did Hugh Freeze just create the best wide receiver room we have ever seen at Auburn? We're going to discuss that as the Tigers have moved to number two in the 24-7 transfer portal rankings following a pair of big commitments via the transfer portal. Then we'll talk men's basketball, look at Janai Broom, Jalen Williams, and Wendell Green Jr., where they're projected to be at the in, in, at the next level and when it comes to the NBA draft. Then we're going to talk about the future of Auburn basketball between adding talent and positions of need and things of that nature. And then the big discussion today, Auburn baseball and Auburn softball had two quite different weekends. Auburn baseball sweeping Missouri, Auburn softball exiting via the regional round to Clemson. We'll give our thoughts, our takeaways, and all a whole lot more, folks. We've got a busy, busy Sunday show. So don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. You're listening to The College Loop. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The College Loop Podcast, episode 64 of The College Loop Podcast. And it's just me and Tar in the studio today because I got a busy day ahead of me tomorrow after this comes out. Because for the first time ever, y'all will not see me on the Tuesday episode of the College Loop. And oh, the the Golden Boy is perfect no more. Yeah, going to be traveling up to some family and the old country roads of West Virginia. West so, Virginia. <laughs> unless you want me on my phone, uh, just shaking as the we're going through some Rocky Mountain, not Rocky Mountains, but some. They are some Rocky Mountains up there. The Appalachian Mountains. Apple, are they Appalachian? Yeah, yeah. There's, so, there's, a, there's a lot of those mountains up there in Appalachia. You're going for the old Anders Carlson effect, the shaky phone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Tar, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I mean, it was. Uh, I was hoping that when we bumped this show back um, that we were going to be able to be the bearers of good news. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't from an optimist. It was from an optimistic standpoint. We'll get there later on. For those of you who are curious as to why the show did get delayed, I don't know. I, I'm still not on Twitter, Dylan, so I didn't see if you said anything. We were waiting. I, I, to I put it everywhere. Don't worry. Okay, cool. We were waiting to see the outcome of Auburn softball, which we will get to later in the day. And I will go ahead and preface by saying nothing to hang your hat on. But before we get there, uh, and I mean that, Dylan. I mean that. You'll, you, you know what I mean. We'll, we'll talk here in a second. Let's talk the overarching picture here, Dylan. Has Hugh Freeze created the best wide receiver room we have ever seen? Um, I think this is an overreaction, but I'll, I'll get your takeaways first as we, we discuss the, the this core that's been constructed, which is the includes the addition of Shane Hooks from Jackson State, so a tiger to a tiger. Uh, yeah, uh, I always forget that Jackson State is the Tigers. That's uh, something that I am trying to mute Discord because it keeps blowing up on me. So if... I asked this question. I posed this question because if you look at the transport class that has been brought in, if you want to count in, and just I could have just made a pass catchers pass catcher room or just receiving room in general because you got to add Rivaldo Fairweather into the mix. Uh, you got Nick Mardner who came through uh, and Caleb Burton who probably won't be an immediate. Uh, like I, I, I think he's going to develop a little bit more. I mean that's just him uh, still having four years of eligibility left. And of course, you brought up Shane Hooks, who is now part of the team, who is oh, and Jair Shorter. I can't forget my boy Jair Shorter. Auburn added, Hugh Freeze added three guys because Caleb Burns is a little bit shorter than the other two, other three. 
three guys who are go up and get it guys who will have kind of sneaky speed. Uh, I don't know if you if you watched a lot of Shane, but oh, he's good uh, at six foot four, two hundred five pounds. Dude is fast. Dude will get up and get go up and get it, and he has some moxie to him that I, I love. Uh, he had a little celebration I saw in one of his highlights. Uh, you know his name Shane Hooks, right? So he did was he threw his arm down and hooked his hand. That's awesome. So, you know, Auburn's been needing a guy who has that kind of celebration. You haven't had a celebration like that since Cam Newton. So. Well, I've, I've seen one because I played slow pitch softball with you. And, 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 and you, you were the most, uh, you had the most moxie out of any slow pitch, slow pitch, pitch pitcher I've ever seen. So for, for a game, uh, I should have retired after that one, really. Yeah, you, uh, you did get lit up after that game. We were down like three of our <laughs> players. We, we were, we were on the, far end of the bench looking for guys who can just can you just bring a glove and then can <laughs> handle it from there but yeah i i think it might be a little bit of a reaction maybe just a little it bit is. but from the last like 10 years of auburn wide receivers i don't think any of them have the potential that this core right now has going into a season Look, I'm not disputing that. I'm, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I just, I think this is one of those things that it's going to have yeah. to be a retroactive conversation. Yeah. But we can, I mean, we can speculate all we want, right? I mean, that's the beauty of, of yeah. what we do. It's kind of our shtick. But I think it's it's very early right now for us to say this is the greatest receiving core we've seen in X amount of time, whatever. I am impressed and have been impressed with with what Hugh Freeze and company have brought in um, in, in the in the catch. Uh, excuse me, pass, pass catcher. Goodness, hello. Let me try this again. In the pass catcher department, <laughs> and I, I've been I have been impressed, and, and I do think there's a lot of talent, and, and there's a lot of opportunity here for some guys that can be big time impact making players. But I'm not seeing a play at snap yet. I'm, I'm trying to be the devil's advocate for football, right? Yeah. You covered that base for basketball. I covered for football. Everybody knows the, the whole stick here. But there is certainly I'll, – I'll meet you at this, Dylan. I think you'll take this as a W for you, all right? There is certainly reason to believe that this could be the case. There is there is the opportunity and the talent. Now, we'll, we'll see how all of these guys mesh with presumptively Peyton Thorne. And also, we need to see how this offensive line is going to hold against the SEC, which is I, which we're optimistic about as well. But also, I need to see it, <laughs> and I'm not ready to say it yet. But I am certainly, I'm going to stay, stay a little hyper focused on it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep a, a close eye on it. You know what I mean? I mean that is our jobs here on the college loop to keep a close eye on what Auburn football is currently doing, and to move on from Shane Hooks to move on to an edge rusher from. Uh, Hugh Freeze's old uh, <laughs> what what uh, paycheck giver? I, I words not mixing very well. Now I would say former program, but yeah, that's yeah. if you want to go with old paycheck giver, I like that better. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen Singh's the fifth transferring in at the edge rush position. I believe he probably has two more years of eligibility, two or three. I never know anymore. It won't be until probably what twenty twenty eight, whenever we can just fully say that no one had, everyone just has four or five years of eligibility. Yeah, no one has COVID anymore. Yeah, no one has COVID years anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you get a guy six foot three, two hundred fifty five pounds. He got thirteen tackles, nine of them by himself, three and a half sacks, and three pass deflections. And I, I don't think he got that much playing time, but for the small sample size that he did get in, it looked like he did make an impact on the field. It will be interesting to see how he fits into a room 
filled with guys like Keldrick Falk, Elijah McAllister, Elijah McAllister. There's another transfer uh, that I'm trying to pull up, but the internet here is not doing me any favors. But I do know there's another guy out there that we did talk about early on in another previous episode. There, this is, this is the, the edge rushing room is super interesting to me because I think that what Hugh Freeze and, and, and his staff have done here, and this is not me being condescending whatsoever. I don't want anybody to take it this way. They've gone and got guys with experience and they've gone, gone and got warm bodied dudes that know how to play the Jack position because there was no depth there. And at some point it's kind of a plug and chug, right? Just plug and play and, and, and told, until the right, right schematics, you know, the, the perfect formula comes together for your scheme. All this to say, you know, I'm a huge Elijah McAllister fan uh, in terms of I, I think that I think that his work at Vanderbilt was impressive given the, the circumstances he was working with, and mm-hmm. and and also bringing SEC experience to the table, if nothing else other than leadership, is tremendous. And and I like a lot of the things that he can do. We know that Calvin Fox is going to wind up I, not this year probably, but at some point in in the very near, near future, being a very special football player for Auburn. So this edge rushing room. I feel better about it now than I did four weeks ago. Yeah. And I added Jalen McLeod is the guy Thank that you. I forgot to Thank mention. You. Thank from you. App State. So, yeah, the edge rushing room has, I, I think, from – I believe the only edge rusher Auburn lost this offseason, not counting uh, guys that left for the NFL draft, i.e. Derek Hall. You lose Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, yep. I was and, and you you go in and you're like, okay, well – if I were to get an edge rusher, you're going in with a guy who has like six years of SEC experience, and you're bringing a guy who's got a five star uh, not next to his name with Keldrick Falk. And now you have more pieces that you now can you- kind of fine tune. I'm, I'm not going to say that the edge rusher, excuse me, Jack position <laughs> is, is going to be a strong point for Auburn's team, but I think if you can be average, you can be okay. You know what I mean? I, it, you don't have to be elite at every position right now. I mean, you if you want to be like a perennial contender like University of Georgia, the Alabamas of the world, Ohio State, you do need to be pretty elite at every position. But under year one of Hugh Freeze, if you can be pretty good or okay in, in your weak spots, you're, 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 you're making great strides because the recruiting can take care of itself. And this is step one, right? Yeah, and you're going into a year where you can kind of see – some downfalls in other SEC programs, uh, i.e., like your Arkansas, your Mississippi States, maybe your AMs and your Ole Misses, and might have a little bit of a down year. And I got to be honest with the additions that have been made in the past couple weeks, the nine wins isn't really much of a hot take anymore. I... Ten, wins, 10 wins, yeah, I, I, but nine wins, it, it looks a little bit more feasible than it did a few weeks ago. I will like, say, Vegas still has the line for Auburn. This year for the for you gambling folk at six and a half wins. Yeah, take I will go over. ahead and tell you, I'm not. Uh, you know what? We're our own podcast. I can say this. It doesn't matter. We're not promoting anything gambling. Like we're not like we're, we don't have a sponsor. Which if anyone wants to sponsor us, that's fine. Like Price Picks or FanDuel, whatever. Uh, we can say this anyways. Who cares? It's, it's illegal in some states that people watch this. If you are a gambling man or a woman or a person, individual, six and a half over under hitting the over on that is free money. That is free money. Oh, yeah. It, it does not matter how much. I have a buddy that I, I won't name their name, but he texted me a couple days ago. I'll tell you when the show's over, Dylan. 400 bucks on Auburn, six, uh, six, over under six and a half. He took the over on the season. And he goes, am I stupid? And I responded and said, no, it's free money. Place another 500 if you can afford it. <laughs> yeah. So do it now before the line moves. 
<laughs> but and, oh, it, I think it'd be fair to mention, uh, just talking about the transfer portal in general, just a couple of guys Auburn did miss out on the past uh, over the past week, I think, that we didn't really talk about. Uh, starting off, Keon Coleman, Florida State, pretty much knew that was going to happen. Right. Uh, Isaac Ukwu, uh, sure. he it was pretty close for a little bit, uh, but then Ole Miss, I think, uh, came in. And he went to Ole Miss. Hey, man, so. let Lane win one. Yeah, let him get one transfer, I guess. <laughs> he already took every quarterback that no one wanted. <laughs> and then finally, this one broke my heart, Tar. This one, I know. This one broke me. I know. Montana Lamonius Craig. Awesome name. With an absolute lateral, maybe even a <laughs> going downhill diagonal move, going from Colorado to <laughs> the Arizona Bear down Wildcats, whatever they are. Bearcats? Well, they say bear down, but they're the Wildcats. They're the Wildcats. I don't get it. But, yeah, but the players that we lost, I think, in the portal at least. I, we talked about in the last show. It was night. Auburn was even in the in the trade. Yeah, Auburn's now in the plus. We're now in the plus. That, that, 21 to 19, I believe. Or is it? I mean, yes. in, in a future episode when we grade the offseason, because as of right now, I don't, I'm not too familiar uh, – of any other play that Auburn is currently going to go after in this portal period. Uh, but we're getting close to the grades. I know we're getting very close to the grades and I can't say they're going to be any lower than a B plus. I think they're all going to be. No one's calling me out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to call you out a little bit, but Tar, you want to, you want to do a little transition over? I do. I do. Let's talk basketball. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Uh, because Auburn is, calling me surprised, Bruce Pearl's out addressing positions of need. How Auburn fans put in the comments. After you like, subscribe, ring the bell. How refreshing is it to have not one, but two coaches for men's sports? And then you look at your women's sports. You look at Coach Jay. You look at, oh, three, excuse me, Bush Thompson. Bush oh, yeah. Okay. Let me let me just, I digress. Every single one of your head coaches right now for, for, for all of your sports, you don't have to worry about whether or not they're trying to recruit or use the portal. You know they are. So, anyways, um, like that's a nice refreshing tactic that has not been a thing at Auburn for <laughs> a while now. Anyways. Auburn went out and, and and added a JUCO transfer and let's see how do how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, you talking about Chad Baker Mazzara? Baker Mazzara. Okay, I was I was I'm just gonna call him Chad. Just just so you're aware, he is from I think Santa Domenico, Dominican Republic. Awesome. Domingo, I'm I'm not trying to sound bad. I just I'm just gonna call him Chad, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah that works. That, that, that feels like the safest. Six foot seven, hundred and ninety pound, rising junior. Uh, he's he's headed to the plains uh, from Northwest Florida State College. He uh, he actually helped his team get to twenty nine and eight overall last year, so he's a winner. Le- uh, averaged fifteen point two points, three point six rebounds, and twenty one point uh, excuse me, 
uh, 2.1 assists per game, and he shot 46.9% from three-point range. Okay, so that's like video games numbers um, <laughs> from, from range. And have you noticed a common trend here about guys that Auburn's going to add? They want to shoot the three ball again, and they want to be tall. Oh, yeah. Six, seven. <laughs> folks, folks, six foot seven. You've got someone that can play the three if Jalen Williams doesn't come back. Three or four. You can play the four for sure. Oh, three for or four sure. if Jalen Williams doesn't come back. This roster is coming together. Knowing uh, your, your, your thoughts on, on this edition before I kind of pivot into today's fan question of the day. Uh, so we can, because it really ties into all of this, right? Okay. And, and your thoughts on this edition here of Chad, my man, my man, Chad, main man, um, <laughs> whose last name I'm not going to try to butcher at this time. And, and, and about Bruce Pearl's ability to address positions of need in this offseason. I mean, it's anything uh, less. It's, not, it's something less than impressive. Uh, you going right. through, and I, I believe we had a guy from Hunting. Is it Huntington that we had a guy come from? Come from? I, I'm I'm blanking on. It was an H college, but I'm just blanking on it. A guy who had played in like D D two come in, and we have a guy coming in from the JUCO. So we'll put it, put the word out there. The three point line does not move from division to division. It does not move from different levels of. Of anything, it moves from the from college to the NBA, I believe. Is that? But I believe that they're about the same right now. These are guys that can still shoot the rock, no matter what. And and I know I just know that there's going to be some Auburn fans who think, oh, well, he's just a JUCO guy, or some other some other fan base in the state of Alabama who, not to name names on who they may be, are going to be a little uh, distraught by the fact that Bruce Pearl is going out and actively recruiting guys from these lower lower level divisions and and i don't want to say less competition competition because there are schools like saint mary's who just always put out like great majors mid like they're great basketball schools also for those of you guys who are worried about going the juco route and there have been people wondering why auburn's not necessarily just pulling people out of other power five locations all right i want y'all to hear me out the last guy that came from a juco that you might recognize his name was Wendell Green Jr. It worked out pretty well. <laughs> it went pretty smoothly. Last guy you grabbed from a mid-major, Janai Broom. Going pretty well. All right. Simmer, simmer, simmer. There's so many basketball players in at the high school level, and there are so few scholarship spots at the collegiate level. It is very tough to make sure nobody gets missed. And a lot of guys do. So I thought you were going to Cam Newton. You brought up the Juco thing. I thought you were going to go like all Auburn sports in general. I think about the whip out, Nick Marshall, uh, Cam Newton. Look, I was thinking under Bruce Pearl specifically. Yeah, there you go. For basketball. So that I had I had my facts ready, though. You bring, look, you bring up Juco and Auburn, my immediate brain is – I know. I, I know where it goes. It's okay. That's okay. Let's, let's talk for a second about our question of the day. Let's see here. This is from Greg – Gregorio Duran, 33-35. With the men's basketball team missing out on some key players but still managing to grab positions of need in the portal, do we think that this year will be better, this year's record will be better than last year's? That, Gregorio, that is a question. That is certainly a question. I, I think I've said it a couple times on the show this year. I think your floor is 24 wins. I, I really do. I'm, I have to kind of just, just kind of – 
averaging out some numbers and making and getting some stuff together and making some sense there. I do think that the roster you've put together, if you retain, it's really just one guy. If you can bring back Janai Broom, this is completely different. <laughs> and Jalen Williams is certainly a, a huge plus, right? But maybe you don't, maybe another guy who used to wear another form of orange. Sure, sure. There are things that are not done yet, and and there are some other pieces that that I think that Auburn should add. This group right now, I think, is a twenty four win team. As everything stands with everyone gone. And I know that's people are going to call me, you know, very optimistic for that right now. If you add, if you have Janai Broom return, you get a young man from the University of Tennessee on the planes, which I think is going to happen. And you add one more piece. I know that sounds like a lot of moving pieces, but this is a <laughs> hypothetical, right? 28, 27, 28, one team, 29, one team. I mean, this seems to be tough to be like, I I, I certainly think that it could be higher than last year because I think last year was a rebuilding year. Dylan, thoughts? Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to go, I was going to go into the next point a little bit. I'm talking about the NBA draft. You're, you're kind of, I want to answer this question assuming that Jay will, Janai Broom, and Julian Phillips goes back to the portal and comes to the comes to the planes. You got a good point there. Uh, this Auburn team is going to be very tough to beat, and it's going to be—I don't want to say easy for them to win—but I feel like there's going to be a lot of teams uh, in the SEC that are going to really struggle to get those wins against Auburn. And uh, last year, uh, did Auburn get swept by anybody else besides A&M? Alabama. Alabama, yeah. Uh, sorry, I forget they exist. Lock that out of your memory, huh? <laughs> oh, always. Uh, any game in that airplane hangar, I forget about. Uh, but yeah, you get a team, and Auburn I, improved this offseason. I mean, drastically, exponentially. And, and Auburn wasn't a bad team last year, by the way. They're not a bad team. Se- uh, round of thirty-two, second round team. Uh, and you play the number one seed, and you, and you lose uh, pretty close if you don't watch the second half. <laughs> uh, or at least the end of the second half. But yeah, Wheels I, fell off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> do what? Wheels fell off the bus in that one. Oh yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, whoever you're starting at the three. How do I keep forgetting about Aiden? I mean, I, I don't, don't. I don't even. <laughs> of, all, of all the people you've about Aiden Holloway, he's going to be our best shooter next year. Except the fact that Chad Baker Mazar over here can shoot it, and you have a, about a 50-50 shot if he's going to make it or not. I just, I, you know, in my head, I, there's just so many other transfer portal news and, and movement and, and things of that nature that I just completely forgot. Like the mainstay for this whole whole year has been Aiden Holloway. I <laughs> Pettiford is going to be is going to be yeah. wearing, wearing orange blue next year too. I, I know, I know, I know. It's 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 hard for me to keep to wrap my brain around because I mean now it's actually becoming pretty common for Auburn to have one and dones, which is cool. And and Aiden certainly will be one of those because he's that kid's different. I mean, that, that kid is different. And I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just I keep forgetting about Aiden and how spectacularly awesome he's going to be for this for this group in 2024, 2023. Yeah, and again, this is all assuming. I mean, looking at the latest NBA mock draft from Jonathan Givoni. Givoni? Givoni? Yes. I think it's Givoni. Givoni. From ESPN did a whole – I guess – is doing a mock draft for the NBA easier than the NFL? No. It's not – I argue it's infinitely harder. Continue. Yeah, it's harder. Uh, but out of 58 picks, no Auburn guys uh, predicted to get picked this year, uh, which, you know what? That's no surprise. 
Wendell Green is going to be like the next Shreve Cooper in the G League from from what I from what Wong I know. Tigers. <laughs> He'll be playing with Dylan Brooks next year. Uh, but Dwight Howard, <laughs> Dwight Howard uh, LeBron James, according to Dwight Howard. That was um, really yeah. funny, by the way, side tangent, but yeah. Very funny. But Jedi Broom and Jay Will both undrafted. So in that case, go ahead and come back. Bring them on, bring them on back. Uh, Wendell Green sadly can't come back, but at this point, there's no room for him, no matter how small he is. There's no room. Yeah, it was a mutual thing, folks. Yeah, best of luck to him. I'll, 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 I'll buy his China NBA NBA China jersey. Oh whatever. yeah, it goes right here on the wall behind me for sure. Oh, for sure, it's gonna be sick. Awesome. Uh, and then Julian Phillips projected to go 53rd overall out of 58 picks. You just come back, right? Like. What is what does pick fifty three give you? It it it's a G League spot, if that. Yeah, I, I I would venture to guess that all three of those guys pull pull their name out of the draft pool early. So uh, what I'm hearing is Auburn's getting a buy at the very least Nesty tournament next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're that's 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 a lot. I'm not ready to be there yet. I want to see what this roster looks like first. It's gonna look great in a quote graphic, by the way. But yeah, that is. That is going to look like a really good in a quote graphic. All right. Auburn men's basketball, to answer the question of the day, I do think they will have more wins in 2023 than they had in the 2022-23 season. Great question, though. Really good really good conversation and discourse, Dylan, because there are lots of lots of ways to look at this, and we're certainly not done talking about it because I am very, very excited for this season. And fun fact, I don't know why nobody's talking about this yet, but like you know that Auburn is playing USC at home this year, so Bronny will be uh, uh, on the planes. Yeah. Uh, Neville Arena is going to be exploding. You'll, you'll be lucky if you get like standing room, yeah, like at all, because ESPN is going to be there. Uh, CBS might be there. I think everyone's going to be might be there. It, it, LeBron <laughs> might, uh, but is that going to be the, during the NBA season? It's before. The, it should be before NBA starts. Uh, LeBron's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to be there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's but, uh, yeah. It's gonna be huge. That's that game is gonna be like what do you think? Six PM? Is it on, it's gonna be like on a mid midday? It's gonna be a they're gonna do they're gonna do college game day in like the middle of the week. I'll have to look at the schedule. I can't remember if we play USC on a Saturday or on a on a on a Wednesday. But or but we'll have to look at that up. That game is a must win game for Auburn, not just because well one it's gonna help your BPI a shitload. Um because that USC team is good. They are really good this year. They have Scotty Pippen too. What'd you say? Scotty Pippen. Uh, continue. Let me remember who this guy New. is. This game's going to be an awesome recruiting tool because there's going to be so many people watching it. What'd you say? I remember there was an, there was another NBA great whose son just transferred from Washington State to USC. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yes, you're absolutely correct. Is, is it, it's not Rodman. Not Rodman. Us. Uh, it's not Pippen. Is it? No, it's not Pippen. Oh dang. But yeah, uh, and if we get to pose the question, how does how does Bruce Pearl how how does Auburn beating USC affect LeBron's legacy? That's no, that's a real question. Holy shit, we can finally <laughs> use it. We can finally that's use a title. It. That's a title. Anyways, uh, we're gonna move forward. But that game also could be like a huge recruiting tool because there's gonna be so many lights on it, like oh, so many yeah. cameras on it. So that's like a must win for Auburn. We'll talk about that when we get to the must wins for the Auburn basketball season. I'm sure we will have an episode about that. Pearlville 3.0. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, moving forward, let's talk Diamond Sports, Dylan, here to kind of wrap up the show. And 
we'll start with softball and then we'll go to baseball so we can end on a, on a high note. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I know that you're, you we usually have it formatted otherwise. So Auburn softball lost in game seven of the, of, of the regional and, and Clemson. Final score of that was seven, one, five, one. I can't even remember the four. The, it, it was, it was five, one, five, one. Matty Pinto threw over 300 pitches this weekend. Briellis had two home runs, one of which was a grand slam off a light post. Light pole. Light pole, Bree. Light pole. Light pole. Light pole. I, didn't even, I, just, I just thought of that. Um, so I'm going to start here, Dylan, and then I'll open the floor to you because I know that you've had a weekend about this. Yeah. I make it sound like I'm pissed for those of you listening at home. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really, really proud of this group. I am sincerely really proud of this group. They had a phenomenal season. Um, the NCAA can kiss my ass. Uh, that's, that's, I, mean, I mean that wholeheartedly. I mean, they can kiss my ass because I'm not blaming the fact that – I'm not saying that Auburn wouldn't have beaten – would have beaten Clemson two out of three on a neutral site. I'm not saying that. They would have. But I'm not saying that. Auburn got such a crap draw. In this tournament, and and I, and I understand the counterpoints and the counter arguments about well, just win more games, win more games, you know, take care of you, know, have a, schedule better opponents, you know, do 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 the right things to earn a, a higher seed. Okay, but Auburn did, but but they they did, they did everything right this year, and what? How do they get rewarded for it? They have to go play Clemson in South Carolina. Clemson hosting. Mind you, those lame-ass people did not offer grandstand tickets to other teams. That's dumb. NCAA, figure that out. That should not be allowed whatsoever. Period. Parents having to buy resale tickets to watch their kids play in a postseason game is bullshit. That's dumb. Clemson, fourth year of their their program and somehow perennial powerhouse already, but there's no NCAA investigation on that. Anyways, not going there. I got a lot of beef, Dylan, because Auburn got screwed. Yeah. And, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that Auburn is the best softball team in the country. I, and I haven't said that once this year. I did say there were on a number of occasions. There's, I would not have wanted to play them if you're an opponent. And, and they played, I thought, in large, they played pretty well this weekend. They lost two out of three games to a team that was, was a little bit better than them. They made some silly defensive mistakes. Maddie Pinta... I don't know how her arm is still on on its socket. I have no idea. I thought, top to bottom, the offense played pretty damn well. I understand that you get held to one in one game and you blanked in another by, by, by Clemson. It's not that Auburn wasn't putting the ball in play. Clemson's defense was pretty damn good. Let's not forget, three times in two games did a Clemson outfielder lay out for a ball that should have been a double. I mean, Clemson played well. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. But I got beef with the NCAA. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I think you hit every nail on the head there. Uh, Auburn should have been hosting a regional. And it makes no sense as to why they weren't, because there's a certain team that was hosting one that Auburn beat, had a, about the same RPI as, had a higher standing in their own conference than, and a higher rating ranking in the nationally ranked polls 
it makes no sense why Auburn wasn't hosting. And I mean, I don't want to get to why I was upset with the entire game. I mean, going to game seven, I get Pinta is your best pitcher and you want her in the key moments, but she just got out of a game where she just pitched what? 170, almost 160 pitches, 160 pitches. And and then she goes back in. I don't want to get into that, but I could, if I wanted to Pinta, she's probably gonna need surgery on that arm because they're it's hanging on by a damn thread. Because if you saw the game, you yeah you would have watched her leave, and it looked like she broke down, and that was just pure exhaustion, all it was, and just nothing seemed to go Auburn's way in that entire game seven, and you bring up the NCAA should be regulating the ticket sales. Oh, if if it is an NCAA postseason event, it should not be left to the school, and that is something I am. And, and this, you could sit here and tell me that, that my alma mater was required to sell if, if Auburn hosts a college football playoff game. And you could say Auburn is required to sell X number of tickets to the opposing school, even if it's 50%. Technically, that's supposed to be a neutral site game. Technically. I would, would I be annoyed? Sure. Sure. Would I get it? Absolutely. It, 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 it is absolute bullshit. Continue, Dylan. I, I don't know where else to go. I just well that that's just inexcusable to me. It just not, nothing went Auburn's way in Game Seven. You beat Cal State Fullerton both times. You, you played them. them, thumped them, thumped them hard. But I'll just never be able to get over the re- this regional loss because it's a it's a game. It's a it's a place. This Auburn team played too damn good this season to have been in Clemson, South Carolina for a regional that they should have been hosting. Maybe not over Clemson. Clemson definitely deserved to host Absolutely. somewhere. 100%. I'm just saying Auburn shouldn't have been the first draw to not host a regional. It, it makes no sense. And you, you force some of the best players in the country, i.e. Maddie Pinta, who should be up for the National Pitcher of the Year award. And if she do, doesn't win it, I'm I'm ready to grab my Show me someone better. I'm ready to grab my pitchforks and torches and go uh, parade somewhere <laughs> because it's stupid. And, and you find, and I, I can get into the shortcomings of the team. I mean, you brought up the errors that happened in the last last game. The bats went cold very quickly. I can get over those things. I can because, and all in all, Auburn should have been playing at Jane B. Moore Field this weekend. Let me read something to you real quick, Dylan. Let me just read it really, really quick. SEC softball, final standings, final regular season standings. Number one, Tennessee hosted a regional. Number two, Georgia hosted a regional. Number three, Auburn. Well, we know about that. Number four, Alabama hosted a regional. Oh, that doesn't make much sense. Number five, Arkansas hosted a regional and freaking lost to Oregon. Number six, LSU hosted a regional. King, freaking congratulations. This one – it's it is mind-boggling how bad this draw was. I mean, it was horrific. It, this whole thing was botched and like in, in a bad way that really really hurt Auburn. I'm not saying, listen, y'all. I'm not saying the NCAA is rigged against Auburn. That is not what I'm saying. I, I, I've never once said that, and I, I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I do think they are a stupid system that don't know what they're talking about a lot. And, th- and th- this happens to a lot of teams. I mean, we've seen teams get snubbed from the college football playoff that should have been in the college football playoff. A lot. 
We've seen teams in March make great runs going into March Madness, have a really high BPI, and get snubbed from March Madness. We got to figure something out, folks, because I'll be damned. This is bad. Just ended on a high note before we move on to baseball, who another high note is going to be coming up after that. Huge shout out to all the seniors. Uh, they played their hearts out all season. Aspen Godwin, Lindsey Garcia, Maya Engelkees, and I'm going to shout out Kaylin Dismukes as well because uh, she had to retire for medical reasons. So huge shout out to all the seniors. And I do want I do want to go and say this, Dylan, to build off yours. Congratulations to the seniors. Thank you for everything. I, I try to be as neutral as I can. Dylan shows a little more fandom than I do on here. But damn it, we're proud of you. We, we, we really are. It, it, you guys got this class of seniors. You look back to, to your freshman year. Y'all had a shitty, shitty draw coming into this, to this program. And you trusted the system. You worked your ass off. And now you're, you've brought Auburn back to being a perennial postseason contender and a team that people don't want to play. So hats off to them. Hats off to this whole team, by the way. I mean, still a young team in large. They learned a lot this year. They're going to get better next year. And Auburn's back on the map, folks. I mean, Auburn is back on the map in softball. Can I just point out that we that Briella's had a little bit of a sophomore slump that still led the team in home runs? Her slump yeah. is 14 home runs? Yeah, different, a little different. She's, she's built a little bit different. And I just point out, she's ninth right now in career home runs at Auburn. Ninth with as 30. a rising junior. <laughs> I don't know. We need to find where the record is because there ain't no way there, that she's going to need all four years to break that record, right? Yeah, that and she's also she's got to hit the eagle at some point, right? Like she's got to be the first one to do it in the game. I mean, thirty-four home runs. I mean, what's what's the chances of hitting the eagle? There's got to be like a. A probability for that. Yeah, we got. There's got. We we'll come up with a we'll come up with a formula, make it up ourselves, and then no one can tell us we're wrong until they debunk it. I mean, come on. <laughs> saying you have a one out of thirty five chance of hitting it. That's right. All right, over to baseball real quick. Butch and the boys are buzzing. I mean, hello, sweet Missouri. Had to come back and, and do it and come back fashion on on Senior Day on on Saturday, which was like still kind of awesome. And. Five straight SEC series, right, Don? Oh, yeah. Eight straight SEC wins, which is the best, the, the longest SEC win streak that Auburn's had since 1995. <laughs> and this team that we were on the brink, now, mind you, we never truly threw in the towel, but we were on the brink of saying, chalk it up, <laughs> this, this season's over, has shut everyone up and wound up messing around. They're a five seed in the SEC tournament. They were kind of dangerously close to being a four seed and getting a first round bye. <laughs> if a couple of things could have gone their way. And now they get to play Missouri again for the first round of the SEC tournament, which if I'm Missouri, I'm like, I'm punching the air, man. I'm pissed. Like I'm so pissed. And this team has a legitimate legitimate chance to A, make some noise in, in, in the SEC tournament. They'll have to play Vanderbilt in the second round, but let's, let, let's be honest, man. I mean, like, you're in the postseason now. Like, easy games are so far behind you. Like, there, there's there's no one easy yeah. left to play. You get to play Vanderbilt and then presumptively Florida. I don't know that Florida's losing to anybody until they get to the championship game, maybe. But Auburn doesn't have to do that much. Like, you want to you win the SEC tournament, obviously. You want to be a conference champion. But I think you just have to win a couple of games. And I think Auburn has messed around and they could host a regional. <laughs> I think I have to. <laughs> 
point out there's a storyline that I we need to talk about in, in large because where the hell did this Nate LaRue come from? I, I've I, it has taken him all, the, all <laughs> season long. I'm putting the hat on back, back backwards. Look, if all Nate needed was a couple of haters, you're welcome, dude. We never directly hated him. We just wanted him out of the out of the right, batting. I, I never hated him. I, I don't say hate. I mean, I mean haters. I mean doubters. All right, we'll admit to that one. You'll admit to that one. Oh yeah, I, I definitely will. Five home runs since Game Three of Mississippi State. Hey, let him let him cook. Let him cook. And I mean, overall, that, that's Nate Larue got hot. So did the rest of this team, but yeah, the rest of this team got hot too. But the fact that Nate LaRue has become a consistent batter and is already like an S tier like catcher, like defensive catcher. Like what Bush Thompson, like I've said it before on the show, and I'm saying it again, I need him to make like ringtones of just like speeches. <laughs> so I can wake up every morning <laughs> in whatever freaking mood this baseball team is in for the past what four five series. Eight games. Butch is a wizard. Like, bro, what? <laughs> and you got Bobby Pierce uh, and Ike Irish still doing what they do. And freaking not uh, Bryson Ware, dude. Um, hi. Hello. <laughs> one freaking home runs, which I forgot where it ranks him, but he's like pretty high up in Auburn's like season home run yep. totals now. And Dude, I don't even know what I'm. I'm. I'm a loss. Also, like the pitching has been. I'm now. I'm knocking on wood. Auburn fans, it's really good. <laughs> and I, I think going into SC tournament on Tuesday, you got to sell your soul for Friday night win. I'll say it too. Um, we're we're not superstitious here at the Loop, uh, but we are a little stitious. Uh, so sell your soul for a Friday night win. I mean, obviously, we're, we're getting pretty we're getting pretty on the brink of a superstition because we've been doing it every week, and I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, it's created the turnaround for this team. If this team makes any amount of noise in the postseason, I mean, people are going to talk about this team for a while, like like years to come. A team that ranked dead last in the SEC up until like in almost every category and until like April, yeah, and then beat Mississippi State and then everything just turned around. Uh, I don't know, but that does lead us into our question, our second question from Ah Barn Trooper. Uh, hey, you, oh, Ah Barn, let's go. Love yeah, this guy. good old burner. Does Auburn host? I presume a regional. Yeah. And predictions for the SEC tournament. I'm going to – let's answer it in reverse order. Yeah. I think Auburn wins its first game against Missouri. I actually do think I can get out of the second round against Vanderbilt. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't even know that you necessarily – knocking on wood. I don't know that you have to throw a veil against Missouri. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that you – I don't think you have to. Uh, if you win two games in the SEC tournament, look, you're a bubble regardless. Like It is a bubble host for sure. I think so. I think you're in. I think you host. I, I, I think I think that you get that that that, li- that liberty. I don't think Auburn's winning the SEC tournament, but I think that they could host the regional. Yeah, because I I think if you be, if you beat Vanderbilt, you have to beat uh, whoever Florida or <laughs> you have to play Florida. Yeah, about to say uh, it, does, that, it does not matter who you give to Florida. They Florida's beating them. Exactly. Eventually, you're going through Florida, but 
if you go against Missouri, just uh, did Vale throw on Friday, right? I presume. Vale threw for, uh, no, he threw on Thursday. Threw on Thursday? Oh, yeah. No, no, Friday, doubleheader. They canceled Thursday, right? That's right. He did throw on Friday. Yeah, so, the early game. He was supposed to be the Thursday guy. Yeah. So just throw in whoever you threw on the Friday, Friday night, because he, he's seen what, what Missouri's got. Keep Vale around for Vanderbilt. And if you beat Vanderbilt, then you've already done this is going into like the basketball territory where we said they overperformed what we thought they were going to do when they made it to the second round of the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. If Auburn makes it to the second round of the SEC tournament, they have blown any expectation we had for this baseball team out of the water in general. Sure. You beat Missouri, and I think Auburn's already in discussion to possibly host a regional as it stands right now. As it stands right now. You, you win round one, I think it, it definitely increases your chances by a lot because you're already 15 in the RPI. If you were to beat Vanderbilt, I think that raises your chances from to hosting a regional uh, pretty daggum close to ninety percent. Yeah, I would agree. I, it's it's wild to me that like this is on the table, but I mean, we mentioned you know how happy we were for those the softball seniors. Man, I'm hyped for these guys. Like, what a what yeah. a what a comeback story, really. I mean, they, they have been fun coming down the stretch. They've been fun the whole year. I mean, it's been hard to watch at times, but like. They've just kind of stayed true to their brand and kind of trusted in the Butch Thompson process, which at this point I will never doubt again. I promise ever. Oh. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, I actually know this. We know AU Barn Trooper personally. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I think Auburn's got a real chance, especially if they win two games in the SEC tournament. I think it's a lock. Oh, for sure. I don't and think all, that, all you got to do is. I don't know if anybody's beating Florida, though. Yeah. I mean, you go into Florida and you play them, you play them on what, Friday? Maybe. In theory, you would play them on Thursday. Thursday. So on Thursday, you would sell your soul for a Friday night win. Right. And you'd be good. Right. Uh, You know, you have that 1-0 mentality. Uh, You have your sell your soul for a Friday night win mentality. Because for our knowledge, it's been working out pretty well. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Wake up every morning with Butch Thompson talking in your ear. (laughs) Because... You're gonna overcome a lot of a lot of stuff when he's coaching you up, uh, especially from what we've seen. But yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm just blown away by by baseball. Yeah, this is actually like a pretty solid weekend for Auburn athletics. It's unfortunate for softball, but baseball had a good weekend, and I think we've we've uh, we've shared our thoughts on on where softball's at. So, without further ado, I am Harrison Tar. I buy Harrison Tar on the Bird app. If you want to go give me a follow, I will hit you guys up when I come back. Think think we may be making a return here in the next few days. We'll see. Um, until then, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and we will see you guys on. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll uh, when I record on the Monday, record on Monday to be on the Tuesday show. I let them in on a top secret, Dylan. They know that we don't record that morning, anyways. <laughs> Dylan, I'll let you get us out of here, man. Yeah, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. I might end up recording a little sn- snippet and tell our tell our intern to just put it in, just so I can just clearly say that I've not missed an episode of the show. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that's, cheating. that's cheating, but yeah. It's not cheating. It's cheating. Continue. It's a technicality. <laughs> My favorite way to win. <laughs> but yeah, follow me on Twitter at you boy the tank. Uh, and words are hard. There we go. And if you want to listen to us, you guys on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and I'm Spotify. Sure. Spotify. There's Spotify. <laughs> I'm ready to bring the bell if you're on YouTube because you might forget that. <laughs> if you want to catch us up on on social media, guys on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and Facebook. 
We got what seventy more subs, and then Daniel's got to do a little dance on TikTok. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and if you haven't seen mine, it's up. It's uh, I love it's, it. Uh, it's TikTok art. I have beef with them. They desynced my music, so it looks like I don't know what I'm doing. Makes it I'm, I'm a little upset. A little upset by it, but yeah. <laughs> all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast, and there, where there it is. <laughs>